Okay, we're going to ask everyone if you can begin to come back to your seat. And we want to welcome everyone who's here today for the ordination service for Josh and Lee and Bird and Alice. When I came in, Pastor George asked me what happened to my arm, why I got this thing. Pastor George, you better be worried more about what happened to the other guy. Forget about me. Actually, being Jewish, I, I was telling Miguel, Pastor Miguel, I know the Jewish art of self-defense. Anyone know that? It's called I sue. <laughs> Nobody messes with me anymore. So um, I was speaking with Pastor Ephraim, and he was telling me about how I need to start changing my way of eating to eat right. So I, I did some research. First of all, he told me I shouldn't eat anything with preservatives. At my age, I need all the preservatives I can get. But here, I found something in the newspaper all, all about food, Pastor Ephraim. So take this here. It says, Japanese eat very little fat and suffer fewer heart attacks than the English. Mexicans eat a lot of fat and suffer fewer heart attacks than the English. The Chinese drink very little wine and suffer fewer heart attacks than the English. The Italians drink a lot of wine and suffer fewer heart attacks than the English. Germans drink beer and eat lots of sausage and fats and suffer fewer heart attacks than the English. And here's what they concluded from the whole thing. Eat and drink whatever you want. It's apparently speaking English is what kills you. So thanks for that, Pastor Ephraim. So, um, again, we're here today. Um, we're celebrating the, the ordination today, Bird and Alice and, and Josh and Lee as, as ministers of the gospel. So, so I wanted to find a message today that would be in line with that, that spoke about a faithful minister of God. So I came to the book of Jeremiah. You see, Jeremiah was a prophet. A prophet means he was God's spokesman. It wasn't like today when all of God's people could hear his voice. Back then, if you wanted God to speak to you, you had to go find a prophet like Jeremiah in order to speak a word. The problem is, that God gave him a word to speak that nobody wanted to hear. His message back in ancient Israel, remember this was before the days of the good news of the gospel, was that the enemy is about to come and bring destruction, and you need to stop worshiping idols. 
you need to turn back to God and repent or destruction is coming. And you know what happened? There's no record that anybody ever listened to him. But yet he was faithful in, in all that God called him to do. He, he was successful in his life. And that's why I chose to speak about Jeremiah today as an example. So I'm going to start reading from Jeremiah chapter 1. Before I shaped you in the womb, this is the Lord speaking to Jeremiah, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. A prophet to the nations, that's what I had in mind for you. And see, that's not only true for those who are called to be pastors and those who are called to be in full-time ministry. Every one of you, before you were created, God created you with a purpose. There's a destiny that God had in mind for each one of you. Now, for some, like for Bird and Alice and Josh and Lee, it's to minister in the house of the Lord. But if you're a teacher... If you're a social worker, if you're a business person, that is just as much of a calling. Not everyone is going to fit into the box like me. See, my thing, I go from this church to that church, to this home meeting. But if you're out there in the world, you're, you're in the system, you're in the school system, in your workplace, God has called you. He has ordained you. And that is no less important. There, there was a time when in my mind, if you weren't ministering in the church, then you didn't have a real ministry. Somehow you had to fit in. And it's true. We all need to do our part and help in, in the body of Christ. But for so many people, the main calling is not to preach or to teach, but to Design the fashions. Can you imagine if the people of God determined the fashions used in the nation? Can you imagine if the people of God wrote the songs, made the movies? If the people of God had influence in the political system, in the court system, we could break the power of injustice? So we need to get rid of this mindset that there are certain people who are ordained by God called ministers, and then there's everyone else. That is not biblical. Every one of you is, according to John 15:16 and Ephesians 2:10. Every one of you is created with a divine assignment, and it says that you are ordained to do the work of the Lord. So. Here, here you go. It's official. I ordain every one of you in the name of Jesus. Receive it in Jesus' name. You are a minister of reconciliation. You have been empowered. I'm going to go down to verse 6. Jeremiah 1, verse 6. Now this is Jeremiah's response to the Lord. But I said, hold, I'm reading from the Message Bible. But I said, hold it, Master God, look at me. 
I don't know anything. I'm only a boy. God told me, don't say I'm only a boy. I tell you where to go and you go there. I'll tell you what to say and you'll say it. Don't be afraid of a soul. I'll be right there looking after you. In other words, it's not about your weaknesses or what you feel you lack because God calls imperfect people. If you're looking for perfect people to be pastors and ministers, go look somewhere else. I'm the last example of, of perfection. I struggle every single day. He said, and that's what God said to Jeremiah when Jeremiah, he came up with an excuse. I'm just a kid. I'm nobody. I'm unqualified. Who am I to do such a great work? It's not about who you are. It's about God in you. And God has put a deposit of greatness in every one of you. Whatever he's called you to do, he has empowered you, he's gifted you, and he has qualified you. It's what we call false humility when you walk around saying, well, I can't do anything. I'm just a nothing. I'm a nobody. Don't expect me to get up here. Don't expect me to speak or do anything. That is false humility. That is not who you are. Like he told Jeremiah, don't say you're just a child. You are a child, but you're a child of the king. And there's nothing that you can't do. You can do all things through Christ, through Christ who gives you strength. Not just here in the church, but every day at your job. When you're given a challenge, when there's an obstacle, you can get through it because the anointing of God is not only for when you step in this building. It's when you don't know what to do with your kids. When you're having a marriage problem. The anointing of God enables you and qualifies you to bring you to the next level. There's nothing can stop you. See, God has no choice. He's got to use flawed people because there's nobody else. Unless we have a candidate, do we have any perfect candidates? We'll, we'll bring you up here instead. <laughs> Look in the New Testament, the people who Jesus chose to be ministers. Peter denied Jesus three times. Paul, the apostle, he was a hothead. John Mark ran away during a missions trip and abandoned the people that he went with. James and John wanted to kill people Jesus was trying to save. And Thomas didn't even believe Jesus that he rose from, from the grave. And yet every one of them had an ordination service just like this. That, that's the majesty and the greatness of God that he plucks out of the fire, the Bible says. He takes the ordinary and he makes it extraordinary. He takes plain old nobodies, those who are despised. The Bible says there's very few people who come into the kingdom, very few famous people, well-educated, rich people. They don't have time for God. He takes the ordinary nothing 
to do great and mighty works. Now, how, how did Paul, how did, how did Jeremiah get through? Here, here's the secret. I'm going to read this, um, this scripture again. Again, I'm going to read verse 8. Do not, do not be afraid of a soul. I'll be right there looking after you. And the New King James Version says, Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Whatever God's called you to do, it comes with a promise. And the promise is that God will go right through it with you that he will not leave you, that he will deliver you, that he will rescue you. Why? Because he's a faithful God. How many of you here today, you could say God's been faithful at least one time in your life? See, God is faithful to his word. He will do what he says he will do. He who began a good work is faithful to complete it. Here's a simple definition of faithfulness. God's faithfulness means that everything he says and does is certain. He is 100% reliable, 100% of the time. He does not fail, forget, falter, change, or disappoint. He says what he means, and he means what he says. And that's who God is. And that's how Jeremiah was able to fulfill the call even as a young child. Not because he was so smart or so strong, but he served a God who's faithful. And God will do whatever he says he will do. Because Jeremiah did not have an easy time in the ministry. He was abused. He was laughed at by his own family and friends. People gossiped behind his back. He was attacked by his own brothers, beaten and put into stocks by a priest and a prophet in the house of the Lord, imprisoned by the king, threatened with death, thrown into a well by officials and opposed by a false prophet. See, some people get a wrong idea about being a Christian. They think, well, once I receive Jesus, everything in my life is going to go smooth from now on. Somebody sent me an email. They said, well, I've been a Christian three weeks, and I still got the same problems. I don't know if this is for me. Jesus said, in this world, you will have problems. If you're a Christian, you're going to have problems. If you're not a Christian, you're going to have problems. Because this is a fallen world. But here's the difference. You have the promise of God. See, I had plenty of problems before I was a Christian. Nothing changed. So I'm not saying either that when you become a Christian, all of a sudden things get worse. We live in a problem-filled world. Things press at you. 
There's issues. You got to deal with people, wackos, terrorists. But the difference between now and when I didn't know the Lord is I can have peace because I can stand on his word. I believe him. God told him, I am with you. Whatever you go to, if they throw you in the pit, if they curse you, if your own family turns against you, I will rescue you. Nothing will by any means harm you. And, and those getting ordained today, God makes the same promise to you. As, as you step into your ministry, God will be with you. Whatever you face, you can make it. You can overcome. And that same promise is not only for them, but for every one of you. You can make it through. There's nothing that can stop you because you serve a faithful God. He even said in the Old Testament, test me and see. You see, in Jeremiah chapter 20, things got so bad at one point that Jeremiah became depressed. I, I want to read these verses because he reminds me of me. He going up and down. Listen to this. Verse 13. Sing to the Lord. Give praise to the Lord. He rescues the life of the needy from the hands of the wicked. Sounds good, right? He's all excited. He's, uh, he's got God in his heart. He's worshiping. Listen to the next verse, 14. Cursed be the day I was born. May the day my mother bore me not be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought my father the news who made him very glad, saying, A child is born to you, a son. You see, with all the things that Jeremiah struggled through, the abuse, the gossip, it began to affect his emotions. And even when he came into the presence of God to worship, he had times of depression, even to the point where he wanted to die. But yet, through it all, God was faithful. Through the depression, through the darkness, when it seemed like death was going to overtake him, he cried out. He remembered the one true God. And that's the difference to me between a, between a Christian and a non-Christian. I can sleep at night. I can lay down in peace. I can hear bad news. And still have joy in my heart because I believe, I believe every word that he promised me. He said, I am your provider. I am your healer. Do, do you believe that today? Whatever you're going through, can you believe it? Can you take a second, take a step back? And, and just begin to believe, begin to see him in your situation, that because he is greater than your problem. And then at one point in Jeremiah chapter 20, 
in verse 9. He was, Jeremiah was ready to hand in his resignation. He said, that's it. I quit. I don't like this ministry stuff. I'm getting beat up. Nobody listens to me. And Jeremiah said, when I say I'm about to quit, when I'm ready to throw it all in, when I'm ready to walk away, and I say, I'm not going to speak the word of the Lord anymore. You know what Jeremiah said? He said, all of a sudden, it's like a fire in my bones. It be, the word of God begins to burn. You see, just when he couldn't take another step, God met him at the place and he began to refresh him. He began to renew the vision. And that's what the grace of God is. It takes you one more step when you can't take it anymore. I know I've told this story before. I think that was the day when everybody was sleeping, right, Pastor George, when I looked out and they all fell asleep. I remember a few people sleeping in the first row. I tell the usher, those people are sleeping, wake them up. The usher said, you put them to sleep, you wake them up. <laughs> remember that? Well, anyway, on that particular day, I told the story that, that years ago, I was going through one of the hardest times of my life. And I went outside, and I was, a I was in ministry. I wasn't officially a minister, but I was preaching. I was out in the streets proclaiming the gospel, teaching classes. And in the middle of all that, one day I walked out into the street. My daughter was about five years old, and I stopped dead on the sidewalk. I said, that's it. I quit. I give up. I'm not going one more step. And all of a sudden, my daughter took my hand and pulled me, said, come on, let's go. See, that, that's the grace of God. When you can't take one more step, when you're ready to throw it in, when you want to give up on your marriage, on your ministry, when you want to quit your job because all the haters you work with, The boss with the demons and all those guys that people email me about all the time. I hope none of you are here. When, when you feel like you can't make it, all of a sudden the Spirit of God is like a fire in your bones. You, God wants me to tell some of you right now, you can do it. Don't give up. His grace is active. He's going to bring you through that trial, that situation. Whatever it is you're going through, God knows. I want to read a passage from the book of Lamentations. The book of Lamentations is the saddest book in the whole Bible. And it was written by Jeremiah. He was called the weeping prophet. Why did he weep? Because everything he said God was going to do, God did. God told the people, if you don't stop worshiping idols, if you don't turn from your sin, 
the enemy is going to come from the north and destroy your nation. And one day it happened. And the nation was destroyed. The temple was destroyed, the place of worship. And Jeremiah wrote a book where he wept. And he wept and he wrote it out of his brokenness and his sorrow. And I want to read the scripture that he wrote. Jeremiah, no, Lamentations chapter 3. I'll never forget the trouble, the utter lostness, the taste of ashes, the poison I've swallowed. I remember it all. Oh, how well I remember the feeling of hitting the bottom. But there's one thing I remember, and remembering I keep a grip on hope. God's loyal love couldn't have run out. His merciful love couldn't have dried up. They're created new every morning. How great your faithfulness. I'm sticking with God. I say it over and over. He's all I got left. When Jeremiah was in a place of deep grief and sorrow, he said, it's as if I drank poison. I can taste the ashes in my mouth. Everyone around him was destroyed. He said, but yet, he looked up to the Lord and he said, Great is your faithfulness to me, O God. Your mercies are new every morning, every day. No matter how dark the night was before. Maybe you were up. At three in the morning, pacing back and forth, you can't figure it out. But his mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, O God. I'm going to ask Alice to come up for a minute. I asked her just to give a story of how God has been faithful in her life. Bless. I'm going to go back a couple of years. I'm not going to say how many years I'm going to go back because I don't want you to kind of calculate how old I really am. So I'm just going to take it back to when Bert and I got married and had decided to get married. And Bert and I knew that God was uniting two people and that these two people that God was going to unite were going to be used. And we knew from the onset that our lives was gonna, our lives were gonna be surrounded by ministry. That was a given, and we were fine with that. Then we get kids. Um, Rugrats come into the picture. That's one of them clapping. Now you're gonna see where the problem begins. So. I have my daughter Kalina first, then I have Justin. And we still continue doing ministry. It was a lot harder now because now we have, you know, two kids. And that weekend we were going to minister away in Washington, D.C. And I was like, God, you know, I've dedicated my life to you and my ministry, but I have these two children I have to take care of. And I want to continue doing ministry, but I need assurance from you. Because I know what it is to be a child of someone in ministry, and I know what it is to suffer. And I don't want my children to go through that. 
So I said, God, I need assurance from you. We're going to be three days ministering in Washington. At some point of those three days, you're going to give me this assurance. And you're going to promise me that you're going to take care of my kids. Well, Friday came nothing. Saturday came nothing. Came Sunday, the last service. And they're doing the prayer for dismissal and nothing from God. I said, okay, you made my decision real real easy, God. As they were doing the prayer for dismissal, the pastor goes up and he goes, I want to pray for Alice and I want to pray for Bert. And she starts to pray. And her exact words were, I am going to take care of your children. Just like the hen gathers her chicks under her wings, I will always gather your children under my wings and protect them. So I was, I was fine. Fast forward 15 years later, where from your children that become huggable and lovable, something happens to them. They become teenagers. And now you don't know if you want to hug them or choke them. So they get into this age of teenage, and my daughter, she runs away from home. She's missing for four days. We had no clue where she was. The family was besides themselves. You know, you don't know four days. You don't know where your child is. Our friends were gathered with us. They were praying. And I got so bitter. By day two, I was done. I was so done. I remember telling God, you got some nerve. You promised me you were going to take care of my children. I've given my life to you in ministry, and, and this is what you do. And I remember telling Bert, I said, if one more person comes into this house and starts praying, I'm going to throw them out. And he must have told Ephraim because his wife came and said, don't worry, I'm not going to pray for you. Don't worry, I just want to sit with you and talk with you, but I'm not going to pray for you. you know? And I was like, Bert ratted me out. <laughs> you know. But I became really, really angry at God. And I remember that, uh, that Saturday night, as I went to bed, I didn't even pray. I got nothing to say to you. I'm, I'm upset. And I went to bed, and I was, I was crying my heart out because I didn't know where my child was. And I heard God's still voice tell me, I said I would protect her. I never said nothing would happen. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I had to realize that even if things are going horribly, my child was under the protection of God. Even if I didn't know where my child was, the protection was there. Let's fast forward to a 15 years now. My, all my children are adults. Um, we have the one over there with the red cap, the loud one that was clapping. That's Justin. We have CJ, who's part of the worship team. We have my daughter, who's in Florida, serving the Lord, a wife with three, well, two beautiful daughters, one on the way. And if that's not God's faithfulness, that they all love the Lord, that they're all serving God, that they're all in ministry, if that's not fulfillment of God saying, I am going to take care of your children, I don't know what is. It might not have been how I wanted it to be, because how I wanted it to be was different. It's not like what I wanted it to be, but it was faithfulness of God's word. And I, I can't be any prouder of my family, I, and I wouldn't do it any other way. If I had to do it all over again, I would have done the same exact thing, minus some of the headaches that, because if I were to tell you all the stories, 
Ay, 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 we'll be here forever. But trust in God's word. When God says it, believe it, because he's going to do it. You see, when, when you read the word of God, you're not doing it just to get information. People, I see them reading the Bible and they, oh, I finished this chapter, now I'm ready for the next chapter. When you read the Bible, you're looking for God to give you a word, to give you a promise for your situation. And, and I'm going to give a personal example. This was just a few weeks ago. When I came to the Lord, I was desperate. I was looking for a scripture. And I found Job chapter 11, verse 16. You will surely forget your trouble, recalling it only as waters gone by. Life will be brighter than noonday, and darkness will become like morning. You will be secure because there is hope. You will look about you and take your rest in safety. You will lie down with no one to make you afraid, and many will court your favor. That sounds nice. That makes you feel warm and fuzzy. Not me. Not with what I was going through. I took the scripture and I say, God, you said in your word that I will be secure, that I will make it through. And days pass by and I don't see any change, but I refuse to quit. I'm going to keep standing and keep believing because I know that he's a faithful God. How many days in ministry when I wake up and I'm not feeling it? That's what they say today, right? The young people, I'm, oh, I'm, not, I'm not doing that. I'm not feeling it. <laughs> days when I have to leave my wife sick in bed. Day, days of struggle, sickness, and problems. And every time I have to be somewhere, every time I'm committed to preach the gospel, the minister, God has been faithful every time, no matter how I feel. We don't live by our feelings. We live by the word of God and his promise. And if you're not seeing it come to pass, you take hold of that scripture. And you keep saying, God, you promised, you said in your word. See, God is obligated to his word. He's not obligated to you, but he is obligated to the words and his promises. Because he is not a man that he should lie. He is the Lord, your healer. I've heard so many times through the years with Josh and Lee, how they were persecuted in their past. Lee was labeled a false prophet, rejected, gossiped against, to the, almost to the extent of Jeremiah, where people would turn their backs on them. But still, even when the, a time when they said, that's it, we quit, Right, Josh and Lee, you, you told me you came to a time, you said, I'm not doing this anymore. The word of the Lord was like a fire in your bones. He wouldn't let you walk away. He kept drawing you back and drawing you back and planted you here. 
And here you are ready to be ordained as ministers of the gospel. You see, one of the things I've been so impressed about by birth through the years is that you'll never know what, what he's been going through once he walks through the door. Birth does not let his circumstance determine how he's going to treat people. See, he comes in, his walk is steady. Because he knows the faithfulness of God. He knows the God who's going to bring him through. And that's what being a minister is all about. It's being an example to the body of Christ. You see, and to me, the thing that qualified Jeremiah more than his faithfulness, more than his willingness to preach, more than his willingness to believe God, was that he refused to get bitter and angry. You see, a lot of things can happen to you in ministry, often more than will happen to you out there. The, the conflicts I've had, especially me, because I travel to a lot of churches, you, you'd never believe it. The thing more than anything else when that I know that somebody is ready to be ordained as a minister is when they refuse to become bitter and angry. And that's what Jeremiah was. After the abuse, they kicked him around. They tried to kill him. They stomped on him. And then he wrote Jeremiah 31. Great are the plans I have for you, says the Lord. He turned around and blessed the very people that hated him. That's a true minister of the gospel. And that's an example for every one of us. We're not going to treat people the way they treated us, but we're going to carry the love of God. We are, we are ministers of God's love. And saying that, I'm going to ask for those getting ordained, if you could come up now, and also those in the pastoral staff and their spouses could come. Also, if somebody can go get um, the kids, and also um, the, we want also Bird and Alice's family. Amen. So we're, we're here today for, for a special occasion to recognize the ministry of, of Bert and Alice and Josh and Lee. See, we, as, we can't call anyone into the ministry. 
God doesn't give us the power to decide. All we can do is see what God's already done. I see the hand of God on Bird and Alice. I've seen the pastoral call on their life. I've seen their faithfulness, their walk, the love that they show. Even on their worst days. And with Josh and Lee. They've become powerful preachers and ministers and encouragers. They have been through the fire and the flood. And they have been found faithful in the house of God. And we're here to, all we're doing today is agreeing with what God has already done in their life. So maybe there's some other people you say, well, what about me? I, I, God told me I'm going to be a minister. Well, I, we need to see it first. Start loving people. Start pouring your life out. And, and basically in every ordination service I've been to, they read the same scripture, so we don't want to break the record. So Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I solemnly urge you in the presence of God and Christ Jesus, who will someday judge the living and the dead when he appears to set up his kingdom. Preach the word of God. Be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. Whether you feel it or you don't. Patiently correct, rebuke, and encourage your people with good teaching. And the Message Bible says, Proclaim the message with intensity. Keep on your watch. Challenge, warn, and urge your people. Don't ever quit. Just keep it simple. You see, it goes on to say that in these last days, that people are going to wander from the faith. Some of those people I was talking about, Oh, it's too hard. I don't, I'm going through too much. Some people don't like the message of the gospel because it confronts their lifestyle. But it says, but you, you be faithful to the end, diligent, not looking around, seeing what everyone else is doing. But continue to walk in the path you've already been on for these years. We're not asking you to do a new thing, right, Pastor George? We're just asking you to just keep on doing what you're doing. Bert and Alice, Josh and Lee, I, I just want to speak on behalf of the congregation. As a congregation, we will consistently cover you and your family with our prayers. We will be charitable in our words to you. We will give you the benefit of the doubt. We will appreciate your unique giftedness and affirm your special divine design. We should not expect you to be like anyone else. We will not unnecessarily criticize, slander, 
take advantage of or put you under a microscope. You will not face an environment that buries new ideas or causes you to look elsewhere for acceptance and love. And where real issues come up, we will respond with real love, compassion, and honor. Though we as Christians are called to love without partiality, we as a church recognize that you have been specially chosen as ministers of the gospel with unique responsibilities, pressures, and requirements that go with that calling. As we pray for your success in fulfilling God's will for your life, may we not fail in our obligation to you. Did you want to say something? Amen. Amen. I just got a, a prophetic picture that I just want to do as, the, as, the, as your senior pastor. Um, I want to honor you today. Um, everything that Pastor Gary is saying, it's, we're, we're just acknowledging what God has already called into action. We're just acknowledging what God is already doing. But being in ministry now, 10 years here with the sanctuary and 10, 15 years before here, I know that we're called to walk in some hard places. And we're called to walk um, during some hard times. And during that, we get, we get our feet dirty a lot. Sometimes we have to stand when everything around us is coming down, when everything is... Is, is just broken down. And so what I wanted to do today, just as God just showed me this, is as a prophetic act, I just want to dust off your shoes. I just want to bless you. I want to anoint your feet. Dust off your shoes and say, you've come a long way. You've walked through a lot of things. But we're wiping all of that off. Amen? We're clearing all of that off today. And we're, we're starting new. Doesn't mean they're gonna shoes are gonna stay shiny. I can promise you that. That's one thing I can promise you. They won't stay shiny. But for today, we're gonna anoint them and we're gonna equip you for the next hall. And these people behind you and around you and around you and that came to bless you today, we're here to let you know we're not here to let you fall. And we're not here to let you quit. We're here to strengthen you, to walk with you to walk hand in hand, to empower you to finish this calling until God calls us home. Amen? So you can do, you can pray, we can start the prayer. Amen. I'm going to ask um, Pastor Miguel to come. He's just going to release whatever God is showing him about those getting ordained. Amen. Amen. This is an awesome time that we have right now. For Bert and Alice, when Pastor Gary was just saying, preach the word, he was making reference to that scripture. He said, preach the word. I seen you, Alice, come, like if there's a cross here and Jesus is on the cross, I seen like you turn around from the side of the cross and move in the anointing and move effectively and move in the direction God had for you. And I hear God say, preach the success of the cross. Preach the victory of the cross. You have been anointed. You have been appointed, and the rest of your journey is going to fly greater than it was before. Amen.
And for Bert, I seen you on a pitcher's mound, brother. You, 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 you controlling the game, brother. You got the field out there waiting for you. And Jesus was right there waiting for you to just give him that pitch because whatever it is that you do, whatever the work of your hands God calls you to, you pitch it to him, he knocks it out the park effectively because that belongs to him. You're bringing people that belong to him home. And he wants to honor you that day and let you know that whatever it is that's on your heart in that field, he's going to back it up with mighty signs and wonders. Mighty signs and wonders. Amen. And Josh and Lee, um, basically this whole uh, service about Jeremiah was something that I had on my heart. And I'll just read this part in the Message Bible in Jeremiah. God reached out and touched my mouth and said, look, I've just put my words in your mouth. Hand delivered. See what I've done? I've given you a job to do among nations and governments, a red letter day. Your job is to pull down, to pull up, to tear down, to take apart, demolish, and then start over building and planting. So this day, God's hand is on your ministry right now. And I feel Josh is saying, you know, it's been a long time. You guys have been through ups and downs. But sometimes God doesn't call souls into ministry anymore. He calls David. He calls men after his own heart who can reflect his image, his likeness, his love, his glory, whatever it is that's on his heart. You are that man. This is your hour, brother. This is your hour. Preach that word. Prophesy that word. This is a celebration in heaven today. And Lee... I just seen you like Mary. Mary carried the Messiah. And so do you, even at this moment. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. And so right now, you can, I mean, what you have is multiple ministries inside of you. Mary gave birth to the Messiah, the Savior. And you are called to be a mother of Zion, to give birth to the power of peace in the life of people, the power of joy in the life of people, the power of love in the life of people, to mother them back into the place of safety and provision and to let them know that they are no longer orphans, that God does not leave them or forsake them. Like James chapter 1 verse 17, he says, "There is in God there is no shadow of turning you ain't never going to see God turn his back and see the shadow of God there is no shadow of turning he don't cast shade on nobody you are here to let them know that that divine love is also theirs through your life and ministry release that and give birth amen amen sir I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and if you agree at the end, you could just say, I will. Bird and Alice, Josh and Lee, will you be a minister of the word in obedience to Jesus Christ under the authority of Scripture and continually guided by the Holy Spirit? Will you seek to serve people with compassion commitment, imagination, and love? Will you be a faithful minister, proclaiming the good news in word and action, teaching faith and encouraging and caring for people? If so, answer, I will. 
Amen. So we're going to pray right now. I'm going to ask for everyone. The Bible talks about the laying on of hands during ordination, that things happen, that gifts are imparted. And I'm going to ask everyone, just stretch your hands towards them as we pray. So, Father, we just thank you right now, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for Burden Alice, Lord God, for faithful pastors, Lord God. Father, we thank you that the best days of fruitfulness are still ahead of them and not behind them, Lord God. Father, that you would raise them up. We thank you for supernatural provision and fruit, Lord God. Father, we just pray right now, Lord God, that you would increase and grow in them, Lord God, like never before, oh God. Father, give them favor and influence like they've never had, oh God. And Father, we thank you for Josh and Lee, Lord God. I ask, Lord God, that signs, wonders, and miracles would follow, Lord God, as they preach your word, Lord God. Father, you would raise them up, send them to the nations, Lord God. Father, that you would do a mighty work in their behalf, Lord God. No turning back. No turning back, Lord God. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness in their lives, O oh God. We thank you, Lord God, that you were there all the time when they thought you forgot them, when they thought, Lord God, that it was too late, that they were disqualified. You picked them up out of the ashes and you turned their mourning into dancing. And we thank you. And, and for Bird and Alice and for Josh and Lee, we, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit, we ordain you as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wait, don't leave, don't leave. Don't leave. Amen. We're going to do one more thing. I, I asked Melissa to sing over those the families getting ordained because God ordains families. You can't be a minister unless your family's behind you. That, that's a losing battle right there. But she's going to sing over the families. But I want to ask you. I believe there's a few more of you here. And you're saying, I'm going to be faithful to the call. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to do everything God called me to do. If I don't feel it, if hell breaks out against me, if nobody else likes it, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand too. Right where you are. If you're saying, I'm standing with those getting ordained, I'm, I'm choosing today. I'm going to be steady in my war. I'm not going to turn back. I'm not going to be moved by what I see. But I'm going to love till the end. I'm going to be faithful to the end. So just lift your hand to heaven and just receive as 
as Melissa closes in this song.
Haleluya. Wow. It's emotional right there, right? Wow, but we want to leave here celebrating. So let's just celebrate our king. He is the only king forever. Can we do that together? Can we just leave here with a celebration and, and just joy in our hearts? Come on, just clap your hands.